I think a big thing um, to remember is kind of like, you know, everyone's going to feel bad at some point, right? The kids are going to feel bad. The parents are going to feel bad. People are going to make mistakes. But like going into it super open hearted and just like and just trying to do a good job is just like so huge. Give yourself some grace and the kids some grace and like have open conversations. Hi, I'm Miss Danielle and this is Help a Human Out, the podcast where we normalize the stuff that, let's be real, should be normal already. And today we are talking about family dynamics, or more specifically, blending families. Ooh, get ready. So my boyfriend and I are in our early 40s. We're both divorced previously. He has uh, two boys, 13 and 16 years old, and my daughter is 12 and home with us full time. His boys split time between their moms and us, but it's not nearly half time, mainly weekends and some weeks during the summer, um, some weekly overnights. Our kids do get along great, and we're starting to um, blend our families, think about that, and uh, moving in together. The main issue is our house is small, and we're trying to get creative about um, carving out space for the kids. As we start to blend our families, what advice do you have for us? I'm in the process of blending my own family, so I'm in the same situation that Brenda's in. And while it's happening all around me, I'm still not sure if I'm doing it right. I'm never sure, actually or if there's even a right way to do it. But you know how this show works by now. So you already know that we found someone who knows a heck of a lot about this subject. And today I am talking to Barrett Johnson, whose parents separated before she was even a year old. Both got remarried pretty shortly after divorcing. She's lived her whole life as the product of a blended family, a big ass blended family. We're talking about two moms, two dads, four grandmas and four grandpas, Not to mention, after getting remarried, Barrett's biological parents had two kids each. So now it's Barrett, her four siblings, and a partridge in a pear tree. It's a whole, it's a whole lot of people, okay? And Barrett is the baby that blends it all together. I am so excited for her to get to tell you her story. So without further ado, here's Barrett. Our question today comes from Brenda. Brenda has a daughter who is 12, and her boyfriend has two sons who are 13 and 16. She says, I want to blend our family. We want to blend our family, and what advice do you have for us? I don't know. All I know is we have a helper, and her name is Barrett. And Barrett, you were literally born into a blended family, correct? Yep. Tell me about it, please. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, So... um, my parents um, were married for about um, five years before they had me. Um, my dad was in the military at the time of my birth, and so I was actually born in Spain. And um, as uh, some couples do, um, they uh, decided to split while um, they were in living in Spain. Mm-hmm. And so my um, I was only six months old at the time, uh, and so... My mom moved back to the U.S. with me, um, and my dad had to stay and kind of finish out his um, military duties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of always been a child of uh, divorced parents. So um, m- when I was two, my mom um, met my stepdad, uh, or my future stepdad, I suppose, um, and 
six months later, they eloped, which I think is kind of wild. Um, he had never been married. Um, so he got a wife and a whole bonus baby. Yep, he got a, a whole bonus baby. He had a whole family just walked into it. Yeah, I mean, and quick. He didn't really, they just went for it, I guess. So yeah. two years later, almost to the day, my uh, dad, did, who was back in the, the U.S., did kind of the same thing. Okay, so wait, let me, let me just, let me break it down a little bit. Yes. You're born, parents have been together for five years, about six months, mom and dad separate, mom goes back to the States, dad's still in Spain at the time, he winds up coming back to the States, correct? Yep. Mom remarries, you're two at this time, dad remarries, you're four at this time, your earliest memories come about three, so your whole entire life, you've had four parents. Yep, and they're all still married, so. Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Yeah, so we're coming up on uh, like almost thirty years of of uh, of four parents. Wow, what was so, it like being raised by four parents? I think it's. I think this question is so important. First of all, because there are so many of us that have blended families. I am currently blending my family, and so I think that there are so many blended families. There are so many people who stay in marriages because they think that. Well, they have to. When when look at your parents, okay? They realized it wasn't for them. They found a whole other significant other, and they blended their families, and you have four parents, like, full out. So I love that you're here to be our helper today because I have a, a, a million questions that I think you'll be able to help us out. And, and honestly, we got to help out Brenda because she's ready, right? She's like, she wants to do this. But I love that we're talking to you because this was your normal. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, it gives a different perspective for sure because you literally were born into it. Like you don't really your mem- your earliest memories you probably don't remember ever. Do you remember your parents being together? No, not at all. I mean, exactly. I've seen pictures, and you know how you kind of put fill in the gaps. Yeah, you put memories onto you know photos or whatever. But like, I don't even really remember my my dad and stepmom's wedding and I was the flower girl and I was four at the time. So (laughs) I don't even really remember their wedding. And so, yeah, I mean, I've always just had four parents. Yeah. Um, My parents lived about um, six hours away from each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And my dad, um, in the divorce, my dad gave my mom full custody, not because he was an unfit parent or didn't want me, you know, Um, but because he thought it would be uh, you know, easier to be for me to be in a more stable, you know, one place instead of doing half a week here, half a week there. That sure, sort of in your thing. best interest. He was looking yeah. out for your best interest. Yeah, absolutely. And feasibly, you know, living far away, it, it kind of you know only worked out that I saw them once a month. So okay. I would go for a weekend a month. Um, kind of the majority of my youth spent a lot spent a lot of time in the car. It was awesome. <laughs> um, and I really got actually got to spend that good time with my parents because I would, you know, one parent would drive me halfway, the other parent would pick me up. And so that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. but, um, my, my, you know, my stepdad was kind of like my dad day to day. Yeah. He kind of, um, became, you know, a second dad to me quicker you know, than maybe in some other people's cases because, you know, he was there every single day. So were your step parents, um, they're still around. So were your step parents just as much parents? I know you talk about, um, your stepdad who played that everyday day-to-day dad role, but what, what, how was your stepmom? Was she, did she play also a big role in the raising of you? 
she, you know, she did. And she played less of a role kind of in my, in my youth because I only got to see her so often. And, and I, um, you know, have so many wonderful things about to say about her because she really didn't try to be my mother. Um, I have a great relationship with my, with my, my mother and she just was a mother and, uh, you know, a, a mother to me, but kind of in a different way. She just like tried to be herself. Um, and she and I got to be really close when I, I ended up living in the same town as my dad and my stepmom when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And so I was so lucky to be able to sort of reestablish my place in their nuclear family because I got to be close to them then. Yeah. And I feel so lucky that I've gotten to like really lean into my relationship with her sort of as an adult. Um, well, I'm glad and I'm glad you're speaking to that because it's it's a slippery slope, right? Because you are a parental figure, but you're not the mother, right? And you are a parental figure, but you're not the father. You are definitely a parent, but you don't know exactly how to navigate that all the time. And so what would you say about, you know, from your experience and what you, you dealt with, with all of your parents, what would you say about Brenda trying to take on a mother role with her boyfriend's kids? Is that something she should do? Is that something that you feel out? Is it something that you wait? Um, Like, do you, should, does she need to know this going into it? I feel like this is a conversation they should have about, okay, what are, you know, we're blending this family. What do we expect? What are the roles how do we discipline? How do we do these things? Are these things they need to talk about ahead of time? Or are these things that just kind of come as they happen? I think there's probably a little bit of both. And I think that there has to be um, an openness to uh, sort of changing those boundaries as they, as you know, they need to. I think, you know, having acquiring children when they're teenagers, kind of acquiring maybe is the wrong word, but (laughs) yes, I get it. Yeah. Blending the families, you know, with teenagers, um, middle school, middle schoolers and teenagers is like, you know, no one's mentally stable when they're in middle school or a teen. And so I, I, I think, um, you know, being a parent, being a bonus parent to, kids especially those aged you gotta tread lightly (laughs) yeah and I think it's a really brave endeavor like I think that we don't give um step parents or bonus parents um enough credit for like you know you're not gonna get the kind of return that maybe a you know a biological or like you know a real you're not my real mom yep you're not gonna get the kind of return for that but I think it's a, a worthwhile and sort of like incredibly important endeavor. And like, you know, I just even thinking about my step parents brings me like, makes my eyes well up because they've just tried to be themselves and, and parents. And so like, you know, I got disciplined by them both, you Mm -hmm. know, at times. Um, but it was never like trying to establish themselves in a way that was like taking over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of respect, you know, my, in the ways that many divorces do happen, um, my parents did not split kind of amicably. Oh. But their their main priority was we, you know, the, while we don't want to talk to each other, we have to because we have a kid together, right? And that's that's the key right there is like always putting the kids first. 
it is a really hard thing to do when you're hurt and when you're sad and when you're frustrated and when you're forever did not work out the way your forever was supposed to. When your parents got married, they weren't like, hell yeah, we're going to have this baby and then we're going to get a divorce, right? Absolutely, right. (laughs) That that was not the plan. They were like, we're going to have this forever. This is going to be it. And so to be able to set aside hurt, pain and anger and sadness and all these different emotions to really be able to center the child says a lot about your parents, right? Right. And I can't even, uh, you know, imagine what that's like. You know, I'm, I'm the, the, the expert, but I'm coming from it on the receiving end. And so I can't imagine what it's like to be that sort of parent, but I can, I can so speak to the fact that like, there was not a time in my life that I can remember my, my dad saying bad things about my mom or vice versa, Mm -hmm. let alone the step parents. And to me, that is like one of the greatest gifts that they could have ever given to me because my, you know, my mom understood that my relationship with my dad was important to me. Yep. And I think vice versa. And so, you know, you have to remove yourself from that equation because, because, you know, while you as a person, you know, the parent, Mm-hmm. are important and need to be able to have your own views and opinions and that sort of thing. You don't have to like people. Right. But you do have to understand the the way that the repercussions of the way that you speak kind of like reverberate through, you know, your children. It's a trickle down effect. It really is. And and you're your you're your child's first teacher. You're the expert on your child and that's just how it is. Um and when you start to say things or if you you know, if you do earn the negative talk in front of your kid, if you're saying things under your breath, if you're doing any of those things, your kid picks up on it. And kids are smart as hell. So the fact that your parents were able to do this and not only do it with such grace, it seems like, but they also picked really great partners that they still happen to be with. And you, like, your family is huge. Yeah. I was, yeah, I have, I mean, I have, for the bulk of my life, I had eight living grandparents and, uh, you know, four parents, uh, four siblings, um, and then, you know, a, a whole lot of cousins, first cousins. I mean, and, and even one of my um, step-grandparents step put me in their will. That's like, incredible. Like, wrote, wrote me in because they thought it was important. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Well, because it is. You've been a part of the family forever. Like, you are the family. Right. That's, that's amazing to me. My mom and I were talking about this other day and and, like, you can't deny the the grief and pain in, in any kind of like fracture in a relationship, right? But right. Um, my parents found writer people. And I think it's it's not about like better, like it doesn't they they loved each other at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then they didn't. And, and something was, beautiful came for their from their love. Right, exactly. And and I think like I look at the relationships that both my dad and my stepmom have and the, my mom and my stepdad and the ways in which they love each other and um, how kind of right they are for each other. Um, to me, like, it, like that couldn't have happened had they not done the divorce in the first place. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like, I won't say that, that there weren't hard things in my, in my life growing up, you know, like I was... I was the odd, I'm always the odd person out, right? Because there's two nuclear families that have a mom and a dad and two kids that are like, Mm -hmm. you know, really 
together and I'm the the one that kind of like ping pongs back between the two sides. And, you know, like you do feel as a child of divorce, even if your parents or of a separation, even if your parents try so hard to um, not make you feel guilty or not pit you against, you know, another, mm-hmm. there will be times where you like prefer to be with one parent or the other or like where you will feel guilty. Like I can ima- I, I can remember holidays growing up where I would be like spending time with one family and either wishing I was with the other or feeling guilty that I wasn't with the other, not because mm-hmm. they made, they intended to make me feel bad, but because they were sad that I weren't, or that I wasn't there. It's, and, you know? it's, but, and it's cause and effect. It's not something that, um, you could help or they could help. It's just kind of what, what it was like you couldn't be in both places. Right. Exactly. And so I'm, I'm, yeah, I can tell how that would be tough, especially for a kid. And, and that's a good point for um, our listener, Brenda, too, is is that you have to understand that blending a family, she, I think she's asking the right questions. I think Brenda's like, I need to, I'm excited about this. I'm nervous about this. And I think that when you, especially when, you, when you're reaching out and the outreach for help, it means you're doing the right thing. Like you're trying, you want to be prepared. You want to make sure you're doing what's best for these kids. You want to be a... Uh, an active role in all of all of this change because it's a big change. Okay, we need to take a break, but we will be right back. Here at Help a Human Out, we reserve one free 60-second ad space for a BIPOC business. And if that sounds like you, send an email to podcast at stillkicking.co and we can get your ad on our show. Today we're talking about an amazing BIPOC-owned business called Theramones Body Oils. Athena Blue started this family-owned company two years ago after she relocated to Wisconsin for work during a very harsh winter. But (laughs) let's be honest, all Wisconsin winters are harsh. She quickly realized there weren't any products in her local stores that were designed for black and brown skin and hair care. That happens a lot. So she decided to make some herself. Theramone's body oils work on all skin and hair types and keep everything feeling healthy and soft. They're made from natural, non-toxic, cruelty-free ingredients, including their signature tri-oil blend of almond, avocado, and shea nut oils. And these oils smell so good. Folks, you don't even need to wear perfume or cologne when you use Theramone's oils. That's how good they smell. We especially recommend their spice and twilight oils. Winter is coming. Don't let your skin and hair suffer. Shop Theramones at theramoneskincare.com. We've also added a link in our show notes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we are back answering Brenda's question about how she should go about blending her family. 
Our expert today is Barrett Johnson. She's the product of a beautiful blended family, and she knows exactly what it's like. I think a big thing, um, like, to remember is kind of like, you know, everyone's going to feel bad at some point, right? The kids are going to feel bad. The parents are going to feel bad. People are going to make mistakes. But, like, going into it super open-hearted and just, like, and just trying to do a good job is just, like, so huge. Just, like, give yourself some grace and the kids some grace and, like, have open conversations. I mean, especially for Brenda, like, her kids are, are old enough that that they can be, like, logical and participate in conversations where it's, like, how does this feel? Yeah. We're all doing our best. Like, can I be, how can I, you know, be a good co, you know, like uh, another parent to you, you know, that sort of thing. That's what I wanted to ask you. So I know that, you know, we talked and we touched base on the fact that your parents, it wasn't really an amicable split. Um, I'm curious to know how the other parents interact or if they do, because at this point it's been years, right? And they've been in your life for so long. Your stepmom has been in your life for so long and your, your stepdad has been in your life for so long. You're a whole grown up now and they've helped raise you. Do all four of them ever wind up in the same place at the same time? Is that awkward still? Or is that okay? Does that never happen? I'm just curious to know the dynamics. Well, until very recently. And I mean, I used to ask my mom and she would say, do you really want to know? And I would say, eh, maybe not. And so I think that they've all just kind of softened over time. And I, and, and I think if they were, they to all live kind of nearby, it would, there would definitely be scenarios where they would all be together. And I think it's more just like a little strange, but not like bad. Yeah. Sometimes the guilt gets to me because Jeff bonus dad is such a great dad that, you know, the girls call him dad now. And I'm good with that because he is dad, right? But I will never forget the way my stomach clenched up on me when my youngest Della talked to her biological dad on the phone, Marlon, and she said, yeah, well, because my other daddy did this. And I, I like froze, right? Because I felt bad. I did. Yeah. Like, I felt bad. And I didn't, I didn't feel bad. In the, it was both ways. I felt pride that she called Jeff her dad because he is dad. He does everything. And then I felt hurt for him, my ex-husband. I was like, yeah. oh. I, oh. I felt guilt when I was, I think, I started calling my stepdad by his first name when, we, when they first got together. But... Mm-hmm. He became dad pretty quick because he was there there day to day. And I know that that was hurtful for my, for my, um, my biological dad, my dad, but he also didn't show it. And I, and I, there were times when I felt a little guilty too, like, oh, oh, dad, this dad, that, you know, even just talking about your other family with your other family when you're little is kind of like stops and starts. There's a little bit like, oh, should I? do they care? You know, should I say this or whatever? But you can't minimize as, you know, as a, as a person, the fact that that's a huge part of your life. And I think that you have to be open as a parent to like, you know, it's going to sting a little bit, but also 
it's part of your kid's life. And I think it's kind of like, so it goes. Uh, a concept that I wish I would have grasped when I was younger is the idea of like mutual exclusivity or non-mutual exclusivity where you can, two things can exist at once and it doesn't negate the other one. Like even ta- talking to your daughter, I think even just saying like, you having huge big love for Jeff doesn't mean you can't also have huge big, big love for your other dad. You know, they don't take away from each other. And I think that like that concept, I think kids can understand that. And I think I, you know, you, when you're little, you just sometimes don't want to talk about hard things, you know, you'd be like, Oh, it's embarrassing or it might make you cry and you don't want to cry or things like that. But I think like, I think, I think having a conversation about that sort of thing is totally okay. I don't know how you identify, but I will tell you right now, I identify as a black woman. That's what I am, mm-hmm. who I am. And black people claim everybody. And so right. <laughs> what I mean by that is um, we don't say like, oh, that's my stepbrother or that's like my half brother. Like you're just family. And I was wondering if if that is a thing. Like do you guys do, oh, that's my... I think it's confusing for my friends because I'll talk about my dad and then I'll talk about my dad, yeah. but they'll be kind of like... Um, conflicting things they'll be like like, wait which which, one which one yeah yeah um but I mean for me like halves are holes in this family I know that's right Barrett you better own your family yes yeah well and I think for me at the at the outset of it was like how could I claim you know one sister and one brother as my sister and brother Mm -hmm. and not qualify it and then not do the same for my other ones. Plus, we're just so good at labeling people. Like, family is family. And half the family I have aren't even my blood, right? Like, they're family who right. have showed up for me. They're people who I never was related to, who came into my life, never left, kept showing up for me in the worst of times and the best of times. And they have been my family, right? So, well, And there's something to be said about chosen family, too, which is like yes. probably a different podcast. But Hell yes, girl. <laughs> but um, I am the link between these two families, right? But um, we've grown to the point where, like, when my grandpa died, my mom's dad, my dad, you know, wanted to come to the funeral for, you know, kind of a lot of reasons because he respected oh, my wow. grandpa and and um, because, you know, he thought he should be there and, and in support of me, but also, like, he did want to support my mom. Yeah. Like, my stepmom has cancer right now. And I'm my, so sorry. Yeah, it's... It's it's a, been a few years and it's where she's you know one of the the coolest bravest strongest people I know shout out to her absolutely um, shout out to her but sh- but my mom you know religiously um, follows the caring bridge because she does my mom cares about she my cares. stepmom yes right oh and my so God, like that's so beautiful yeah so like my mom's church she sent you know, a card to my stepmom when she had just gone out of surgery one time. And it was just like that sort of like olive branch kind of like, you know, it's not that hard to do. No. And I think when, like you, we, we talked about it, when you humble yourself, right. You know, just centering the kids because they are the ones that are going to be, we're adults. We can get through this stuff, but these kids are what really matter. And especially during this intense time, you know, Brenda, like we, we said, Brenda's got, (laughs) Brenda's got teenagers and preteens and this is going to be a little bit of a struggle for Brenda. But if they go into it and they, they come from a place of, we got to center these kids over everything they can and they will get through it. Um, you know, grief, 
plus time mm-hmm. is kind of one of the greatest teachers. You know, you don't always, you wish you wouldn't do the, 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 the grief thing. And maybe I probably carried my parents' divorce as some sort of grief, you know, mm-hmm. deep down, even though it's, you know, I didn't experience it firsthand. I probably carried pieces of it because I had a sort of a different family than maybe some of my friends and stuff. But the the kind of the lessons you learn and the ways in which you can kind of circle back and look, you know, back on things. I think I like, as an adult, I have got to call, gotten to call out really cool friendships with my parents, maybe you know, closer ones than when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And, and I like looking back, feel so incredibly overwhelmed by gratitude for to all four of my parents for, you know, slogging through and being super brave and just um, doing it and, and trying to do it well. And I think it's just like, a really, really cool thing. And I think that that's what I, I hope that Brenda can have like a hopeful piece of it and be like, okay, this can be so cool. It really can. This could be so cool. She, you know, she's gaining so much more love. She's gaining, they're gaining so much more love. Um, you just can't go wrong with a lot of love, right? Right. I have, uh, two little girls, like I told you, and Mm -hmm. I am getting remarried. Yeah. So excited. It's, he is, um, incredible, but he's the day-to-day dad, right? Jeff is the right. day-to-day dad, and um, their dad, Marlon, lives in a different country, also like your dad when he was in Spain. He's in St. Lucia, yep. and he is a brilliant father. He's a great dad, but he right. also is not here every day. He's not present every day, um, loves the hell out of his kids, does as much as he can. They spend the summers, pre-COVID, obviously, they spend right. the summers in St. Lucia. They have a whole different relationship, and it's beautiful, and just there's so much happening. However, this bonus father that they somehow lucked out into getting is so incredible. The things he does, and he did, he didn't have kids either. So we're we have a, some kind of similar things happening here. Mm-hmm. Jeff did not have kids, but he was um, adopted by his dad. So his mom married his dad, and then his dad adopted him. Um, right, and so he was very open to adoption and very open to dating a woman with children because that was his life. And he came in here, and holy hell, did he really step up to the plate with this dad thing? He is the dad that. Um, I think most kids deserve, <laughs> like all kids deserve. He's just like this really amazing man. And I, it, sometimes it dawns on me, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I putting them in a predicament? Like, who will they choose? Do they have to choose? Like, I don't feel like they have to choose. I feel like... I, th- I had a hard time with that when I was young because I felt a little bit guilty that I had a closer relationship with my stepdad than my dad. And the main reason for that was proximity. Yeah. Not that my stepdad was doing a bad job. In fact, he was doing an incredible job. And he and I have a a really cool and wonderful relationship. Yeah. But I think it was a point of grief for my biological dad because while he knew that I was loved and being raised well and all that sort of thing, he was like, I can't get that and I don't know how to get that. Yeah. And when he because I lived far away. And then when I was, you know, in middle school and high school, I played a lot of sports and stuff and, you know, was trying to have a social life. And so then sometimes I wouldn't get, make it out to see him, you know, once a month. And so then it would be like months would go by and I wouldn't see him. And, um, you know, my, my, my dad was like really worried that he was going to, you know, he, he says, he says, 
quote unquote, lose me, you know, never get to know me. Yeah. And I luckily, um, ended up going to college, um, at the college he works at. I understand it now, now that I've gotten super close to them. And I think that there's totally like the ebbs and flows with that. Yeah. But I think, um, both my stepdad and my dad and I have just have different kinds of relationships. And I do feel really close to both of them. You know, I, I got to know my dad as an adult and, you know, I got to know my stepdad when I was kind of growing up and they played different roles, but, and I sort of call them when I need different things. I bet you do. Cause uh, you know, <laughs> different people give different things. Right. Um, but that doesn't diminish sort of the love that both of them were trying to give to me and did give to me. And, um, I think not trying to predict what your relationship's going to look like Mm -hmm. or like try to make it into this forced sort of like, this is exactly how this goes or et cetera, I think is a, a, another piece of that sort of like grace you give to yourself probably as a parent, you know, like it might look different than I thought it would, but it doesn't mean it's bad, especially for the kid. It's so amazing because I always tell people to show themselves grace, right? That's my thing. It's like, you got to show yourself some grace. But you know who we never show grace to? Our parents. Our parents and ourselves, right? Like, yeah. we're like we never, oh, show, yeah. we never show grace to our parents and we never show grace to ourselves. We're like, oh, you're supposed to be perfect. I'm a parent now and I know parents are not perfect. And still to this day, I have high expectations for my mom that she could never live up to because it's not fair, right? She's just, she's a human. She's a mom, but she's also a human. And so sometimes I forget that. So I love, I love the work that I do here because I'm always reminded about some, you know, I get to interview people and we get to help people, but also I'm always reminded of some shit I need to work on too. (laughs) And we're all on a journey of growth. And I'm like, you know what? This was a message I needed to hear also. And, and I'm just one, I'm so happy that, um, one that you never, ever had anyone call your family broken because from what I hear, it's one of the most beautiful family situations I've ever heard of. And the fact that you are so loved all the way around and the support that you feel and just the way that it's worked, I know without a doubt that it is going to give Brenda, if nothing else, she'll feel empowered as she moves through this transition. She'll feel hopefully supported by us and in all of the things um, that we've talked about. And obviously, you know, we know without a doubt that when we do this, it's not going to be identical to anyone's situation because how could it ever be? But we know that people are just looking for guidance and they're looking to not feel alone. And I think what you provided today, Barrett, is just like, hey, I get it. I've been here. I've felt guilt. I've felt loved. I felt all these things. And guess what? I'm okay. Right? Like, look at you. You're okay. You, um, you're more than okay. You got yeah, I mean, I have, I have, you know, some people don't even get one or two good parents Preach. and I have four. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like bo- having extra parents makes things complicated, but the, the, the amount of love that you're kind of set up to receive is, is incredible. I'm relieved to know that these are all normal emotions, but also extremely happy to know that where you all landed. Like everybody's in a good place. Yes, is there going to be some um, 
Discomfort, hell yeah. Are you going to have to lean into that discomfort? Absolutely, because you can't learn anything if you don't lean into the discomfort, so we know that. Is this a comfortable situation in any way, shape, or form? No, divorce is never comfortable. Splitting up a family is never comfortable. That's why they used to call it a broken family, which, by the way, uh, little asterisk here, we need to make sure we stop calling families broken because there's Yep, and that. acknowledging, like, that families can look so different. Like in schools, don't say, you know, your mom and dad or whatever, because, you know, people can have brilliant upbringings that are the wildest kind of family you could ever imagine. So. All right. So we're going to tell Brenda, first of all, good luck, because um, just with the teenager part of it, that's a lot, Brenda. We, we, we see you, we hear you, we believe in you. Um, and, and if you have, what I think I got from this whole conversation is that we know the adults are going to be okay. What we really need to focus on, I think, during this transition is just making sure the kids are good. The, the, the making sure, and you know, you, you just kind of fell into it. Like you were just, hello, I'm here. And now I have all these parents, but these kids are having a little bit of a more adjustment. Right. So I think, um, what would you say to her as, as they're, they're doing this transition? We know Brenda's going to be okay. She's an adult. She knows how to cope. She knows all this. We know Brenda's boyfriend is going to be okay. Also an adult. We, we have a 12, 13 and 16 year old who are going to have a big transition, right? What would you say, um, should be the focus just in the adjustment in, in letting them know to advocate for their needs because it will get tough. Yeah. I think just having open conversations with the kids say like, I know this is weird for you. I'm not your, I'm not your mom, but I am a mom. Mm -hmm. So how do we, you know, how do we have a relationship or how do we, how do we live in this house together? Like let's brainstorm ideas or, you know, maybe if, if the kids don't want to talk or be open, just like have it be very open and honest that you are there like openly. So if they have stuff going on, come to me. If not, cool. I love you. I see you. I'm here. Whatever. Let's kind of do this. Just like have it be sort of on the table. Yeah. Cause I think for me, because it was already like sort of set up for me mm-hmm. and I wasn't a, like a, a participant kind of in that, I think, um, acknowledging that those kids get to be participants in the way that their sort of existence looks like, I think will be empowering for them. I think something you said um, earlier is something that I want to wrap with because it was very powerful and it was quick and it kind of came through just in a sentence and it was just your thought and you said it, but I want to, I want to end on that. I want to say that one, um, a couple different things. I try to remember things. First thing is, is uh, we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast and we want to make sure that we're always putting out good energy into the world. And that's why we do help a human out. Um, so right now I do, one of the things I recall from this interview is that, uh, you have a stepmom that is going through cancer. So if it's okay, can you give us her name? So all the helpers that are listening can make sure that they keep her in the thoughts and prayers. Is that okay? Her name is Kirsten. Kirsten. So, um, helpers out there, please send love, good vibrations, all the positivity, all things good to Kirsten. Um, we wish her wellness and health and all the good things that we possibly can because clearly she is a fighter. So we wanted to oh, make yeah. sure we do that. Secondly, um, I want to thank you for this perspective. You said earlier that you think step parenthood. Um, is incredibly brave and it's an incredibly brave endeavor and you don't think we talk about it enough. 
And I think you're right. I think that we do not shower step parents with um, the love and respect that they deserve. And I know we don't because also as a teacher um, who's in the school systems, step parents don't get the same amount of communication, right? You have to like make sure you tell the school like, oh, this is their parent also, you know, it's just not a natural thing. And so. Well, it's hard because you don't have like necessarily have legal rights either. So then it's sort of like you're, you're kind of set up to be sort of maligned. I mean, the evil stepmother trope is my, my dad actually calls my stepmom, the evil stepmother (laughs) as a joke in our household. But I think like they get so maligned because, because I think they don't have the strings attached. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, so people think that they get just get to be like bad parents because or not parents because they're not the parent or maybe they're not even biological parents at all ever. Listen, Barrett, I'm the bad parent. Jeff is the best parent on the planet. And then there's me who's like barely holding it together. <laughs> I mean, I was a, a I'm a very precocious or I was a very precocious child and very type A and extroverted. And I think about the way I was as a youth and think back to my poor parents, especially my step parents, like, God, how could you have married my, my parents right? and, and gotten me as a, like a child, like, Oh God. Like, whoa, I mean, run for your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they were like, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm signing in. on, let's do this. And, and I and think to that, do is that is so brave. Yeah, they're, they're superheroes. So, so yes, we're sending all our love to Kirsten. And we're also, also, also thanking every single step parent out there because this is a job you don't have to do. This is the, this is a job you are not required to do. This is a job you literally sign up for. Okay. And so we just want to say we are thinking of step parents everywhere. We are loving on our step parents. And um and these blended beautiful families have never been broken. So if you hear somebody say that in the spirit of changing and shifting this world to a better place, tell people when you hear it, this is not called a a broken family. This is a family. And families look however they look. Barrett, you've been amazing. I really, really think Brenda is going to get some goodness out of this. Um, we're wishing your your big ass blended family all good things okay and keep us updated on kirsten and you and we want to be kept in the loop okay absolutely thanks so much danny of course thank you it's safe to say that no two families are alike right and i don't care how nuclear it may seem every family has their nuance love is love is love is love is love right We are taking that outdated language of broken family out with the garbage and filling that space with acceptance, or at least with, it's none of your business. Let's say it again. You need help with that one? I know, it's not as easy. It's easy for me because I just, you know, zero fucks given island over here. But say it with me. It's none of your business. Family is family. Lead with love. Have open and honest conversations with your kids. Take it day by day and remind them that chosen family is whoever you decide. Your family is your family and nobody gets to tell you who that is. And nobody gets to take that away from you. Blended, broken, whatever. Your family is who you decide your family is. And if they said, who told you that? Tell them Miss Danielle said so. Right? Forget them. I want to thank Brenda for sending in her question and I definitely want to thank Barrett for her time as well. This is what we do. Every single episode, we will take one question and find an expert to answer it. 
If you have a question you want answered, please send a recording of yourself to podcast at stillkicking.co. Help a human out. Merchandise is officially available. Go to the Still Kicking website or click the link in our show notes to shop now. This conversation and all others continue in the Still Kicking Club, an online platform for all people wanting to build a braver and more supportive world, one person at a time. You can join the Still Kicking Club at stillkicking.co slash club. That's stillkicking.co slash club to join. Again, that is podcast at stillkicking.co. Help a Human Out is a Still Kicking podcast. I'm your host, Miss Danielle. Our executive producer is Nora McInerney. Our associate producer is Emma Martins. Our audio production is done by Red Rock Music, and you can learn more and donate at stillkicking.co slash podcast.